You're listening to Critical End, episode 88. Logan, I have found the diet drink with no shred of diet taste. You know how to... to either, we've sold out completely. Uh-oh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, great opening. Um, or you have found the best way ever to get my attention by talking soda. That's like talking shop with me, Ryan. Because you know is. I put my own in the bathtub. And you make it in um, a shop. And it's diet, too. But, uh, no, so what, what drink is this? Well, I will take this challenge gladly. As a lifelong non-diet drinker, I, everyone who's always said this, like, I can tell the difference right away. Two items of disclosure, Logan. I've been drinking diet drinks fairly exclusively for the last uh, two or three years. So, you know, my palate is no longer as refined as yours is. Uh, I'm sure you would instantly taste, uh, you know, diet stuff I, I might already be used to. So that's, that's possible. Okay. Uh, and the other disclosure is it's not soda at all. It's actually um, <laughs> Ocean Spray's uh, Diet Blueberry Juice. Oh, yeah, yeah. My girlfriend drinks this stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's that and, like, the light version of all these juices. The light uh, version, you can even taste the lightness, though. Yeah, yeah. So this is, you're saying that this, to you, just tastes like blueberry juice. It tastes like blueberry juice. It's it's made with Splenda, and it's uh, only have, it has five calories per serving. So it's not completely calorie-free, but it is trivially caloried. And uh, it shocked me when I picked it up on a whim the other day to find that I could t- detect no diet taste whatsoever in it. Well, how much juice does it actually have in it? Do you have the bottle um, nearby? It's made with real fruit juice. I do have the bottle. Hold on. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, like, Hawaiian Punch is made with real fruit juice, too, though. Contains 4% fruit juice. Yeah. See, this is my, this is kind of where the problem comes in. My rule of juice is I only will drink 100% juice. Well, that's 100% sugar. Well, but it's 100% natural sugar, though, which is uh, well, sure. processed differently in your body, right? Oh, it's better than uh, fake sugar, certainly, but... Right, you know. right. But see, so so for someone like you, though, who is calorie counting all the way, this is not the way to go. No, no. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I, I feel, though, like, if you want to get just vitamin C, you can drink... Um, there, you, for, you take a vitamin C drop, if anything. Um, although, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed, kind of going off-subject, but staying on the same subject, that no one dies of scurvy anymore. Yeah, well, you know what I was disappointed about is that apparently uh, we still have gout. That still exists. I know. What's up with that? Have you seen those commercials? You may have gout? Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I might, but have you seen the this. commercials? I haven't seen a commercial about gout. There's now. a commercial. I saw it not too long ago for a gout medication. It was like one of those, like, you know, feel better about your life. But it was for gout medication, and uh, one of the side effects was gout flare-ups, which I didn't think was appropriate. <laughs> My my personal favorite side effect, only because it kind of applied to me, is I was um, explosive diarrhea. <laughs> the green apple splatters. Oh, keep um, it up to your imagination what that Cry means. Um, <laughs> that sounds like doctor speak right there. You may get the green apple splatters from this. Uh, the um, I was uh, told that I could possibly have a light uh, case of um, AIDS. <laughs> just a very sprinkling of AIDS. AIDS. Of restless leg syndrome, okay? Sure. Yeah, you know me. I'm actually like sitting in my chair but moving as I'm having this as I'm talking to you. You're fidgeting. I'm like I you know that I remember I like I could never stand still. Yeah. This is absolutely true of me. Like I tend to like kinda like move into place or either that or I'm always like moving my legs or something. Sure. Um a lot of people think I'm just dancing, which I, I kinda just go with that that you know. Um I always try on music play. Mm-hmm. Uh but the um the medication for this commercial is actually still on TV, I believe. For restless leg syndrome, the side effect is an increase in the urge to gamble. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. I was like, I need to take this medicine right away. What? Why? So I, what did I, that? I look like I'm always like dancing with myself, 
or I'm just become a crazy gambler. Those are my two choices in life. Is Logan? Did Logan just lose another hundred dollars at the craps table? Yes, but he's so steady. Look at him. He's a rock. He <laughs> never, like a rock. He can barely <laughs> throw the dice. Oh my god. I also become a terrible dancer at parties. Yeah. He's not great at it. He's. Just... Oh, um, yeah. So there you go. Well. Your little diet drink went all the way into that. So what's your favorite diet soda, then? I have to turn this back around to something I'm interested in. I feel like we've talked about this, but Cherry Coke Zero, Logan, is my favorite diet soda. Have you had it? No, uh, uh, no I've had uh, – actually, no, I may have, actually. I've had uh, Coke Zero, and um, from all the diet drinks I've had, that is my favorite. Well, yeah, it's That's great. the one I could drink and say that it, it really does take, taste closest to my very, very refined palate. says that tastes close to actual Coke. Um, and I feel like maybe I've had a sip or two of uh, Cherry Coke. Zero said the same thing. In source for the first time. And, um, from what uh, my soda websites tell me, that's actually been around for a while, but it's just now hit my region. Hmm. But you should check and see if it's yours. Uh, Mel Yellow Zero is now making the rounds. So. Oh, I would love that. Um, and Coke is testing it at different places. Uh, oh. I'll grab you one if I see one, I guess. But uh, you should try one now and let me know if it really does taste close to Mellow Yellow. I would become an addict to Mellow Yellow Zero. That would be a great change of pace for me, because there aren't very many good lemon-lime diet drinks out there. Like, Sprite Zero is is okay, but I usually cut it with some orange juice, you know? It's not the best. Um, but on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, uh, I'm still looking for single bottles of, like, Pepsi Throwback, because I don't want to buy a whole case of it. I, I don't want it. I, don't, I want diet drinks in general, but... I want to taste the old-fashioned sugar cane, but just just one bottle, which I can't get here. I, I can't find it. Man, that's, I'm all, I'm buying so many 12 packs of that and the Mountain Dew throwback. Um, it's just good stuff all around. How are you I not was, diabetic I, yet? <laughs> that's, I'm a Lee. That's okay. just the way we are. Um, and then, I think I've told you before. I like have the worst health issues ever. I could be the like absolute worst diabetic that ever existed, um, and yet I'd still drink regular soda. I, I've I've made a promise to myself to never ever drink. Um, diet soda. Uh, if you're diabetic, I don't think they want you drinking diet soda either. I, I think there's uh, something about that that's also not great. I don't think anyone really wants you to drink diet soda, except me. Um, well, let's talk about everything about the movie, because I have two more soda-related stories. Okay. Uh, one, I was talking with an old friend this week, and he was like, man, I could sure go for a Mexican Coke. And I was like, oh, now I remember... I will I not blow you, sir. You. Yeah, I know, exactly. I'm like, this I, is why, because things became awkward when you'd say stuff like that. Yeah. Um, as it turns out, though, because I'm like a Coke, um, yeah, soda expert. I'm like, that was a Mexican Coke. Please explain that one to me. But basically, he's like, oh, it's a, it's a Coke with actual sugar in it. Um, he says where he lives, you go to the store, like the you know, 7-Eleven or whatever, and they sell them only in glass bottles. It's a uh, Coke that all they're writing in, but so, you know, Coca-Cola obviously looks the same, but everything else is in Spanish. Yeah, I've heard of this. And it is, in fact, a Mexican Coke. Where in Mexico they still put sugar in it. Yeah. Um, the I guess the advanced countries like ourselves are beyond sugar at this point. We're too good for it. I don't know. Um, but that sounded interesting. So I will be able to look out for a Mexican Coke now. Um, I would love to try that. I, I mean, uh, you can get that stuff at the Coca-Cola uh, Museum in Atlanta. Yeah, World of Coke. Right? Yeah, which I've I've been to once. And I, I like to constantly have tickets to that. And I've never been. It's great. You need to go. They're always expiring. I'm like, well, here's my new set. Should I go this year? Eh. Um, and then the other th- uh, sort of related story is this is interesting. You and I, I don't think we talked about this. I actually think it happened this last two weeks while we were off. Um, that's when, you know, the world decides to change on us, right? Sure. Um, and change it did because for the past few decades, I'm not quite sure the exact uh, amount of yearage here, but we'll say decades. Um, it's been, number one, soda in the entire world has been Coca-Cola, yeah? Makes okay, sense. sure. Well, what do you think number two has been this whole time? 
Pepsi. Pepsi, exactly right. Well, for the first time ever, this has changed. This happened within the past few weeks, Ryan. Oh, man. Coke is state number This is worldwide? One. This is worldwide. Okay. Coke is state number one. But something else, something that um, actually these people that look into Soda Wars or whatever had said, they've like, oh, this, this has been coming for a while now. Um, and it's finally reached that point now. So it was no big surprise to them. But to someone like me, who's supposed to keep track of these saves, like, whoa, whoa, how did that happen? That's kind of weird. Can I so guess? So any prediction, yes, of what it may be. And it's, it, think, uh, it's not what you're thinking, whatever you're thinking. Diet Coke. Um, unless you're Ryan, in which case it's exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> yes. I, I was, I no, figured. I'm sorry. The answer I'm looking for is Mexican Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was looking for La Coca-Racha. Um, yes, Diet Coke has in Hold fact... Hold on, stop uh, everything. I want some credit for La Coca Racha. Come on now. <laughs> Terrible. Uh-huh. I, there's no puns allowed on the show, Ryan. You've seen the calendar. I have not seen anything. 365 puns. No puns. I, wanna, I, wish I, could, I wish I had the time to put together a montage of your puns <laughs> to put right here in the show. I don't have that time. But oh, fans from the puns. show are encouraged to go back and listen to your Shia LaBeouf puns alone, sir. All right, go on. <laughs> but it's Diet Coke. That no. makes total sense. Yes, it is in fact Diet Coke. So now Coke has the top two. That's um, exciting. And that's see, that's what which I find interesting because when Coke Zero was rolled out, I'm like, okay, now how come no one's how come no one's just buying this because it tastes like Coke and that's why people were drinking diet drinks to begin with because they wanted a drink that tastes like their drink, but it didn't have the amount of sugar, or calories, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? Right. Well, and people have gotten they like to taste the Diet Coke that much that of course it's not going anywhere. People in like fact, it's, Diet it's, Coke. It's, yeah. Yeah, it seems like they prefer it now over a drink like Coke Zero. So totally, they're completely used to that taste. So they, even they don't want anything closer to Coke. They want Diet yeah. Coke. That's exactly right. And remember when uh, Coke also rolled out uh, Diet Coke with Splenda? Yes. And now that's pretty much disappeared now too. People didn't want that either. They, they're like, I want the cancer Coke, please. I wish I knew what they did to to Coke uh, Zero because it's still aspartame. It's not like it's a different sweetener. So they must have just figured out a different ratio of something or other. <laughs> somewhere in there. We were actually, I was looking this up like two days ago. Every diet drink has a higher sodium content. Um, that makes sense, I guess. Regular soda uh, counterparts. So if you're at risk for like a stroke or something like that or a heart attack, you might want to avoid diet drinks for a while. Too late. Diet Red Bull. That's the way to go. Diet Red Bull. I would drink a, a, a zero version of Red Bull. Actually, you know what? They would just... I, I mean, there is a Diet Red that. Bull. Is there um, a Diet Red Bull, really? Yeah, yeah. There's not, like, I mean, It's not Coke, so there's not like a zero version. Uh, but my all-time favorite drink is diet caffeine-free Mountain Dew. Why even bother at that point? <laughs> you know, you and I are the the last of the generation that when we want to stay up late, you know, like sleepovers or whatever, we were like, oh, break out the two-liter Mountain Dew or Mellow Yellow, right? That's true. Now it's all um, energy drinks. Now it's all energy drinks, right? And so I, I don't know how it is that diet uh, caffeine-free Mountain Dew is still sold. Like, who wants that? I remember when I had to read the book Night, I had a book report, not a book report, but I had a test on the book Night, which is a fairly short book. Yes. Um, it's about uh, Jews walking to, from one concentration camp to another, a very depressing subject, I believe, anyway, as far as I remember. But I oh, know I didn't really pay <laughs> any attention to it. But um, So I was trying to read it, and of course I left it till the very last night to read it. I was like, I'll read the whole thing. It's only like, what? Was it's like, called Night. It can't yeah, take that long. Exactly. It was like 70 to 80 pages. I'm like, I'll read the whole thing in one go. Well, I started reading it, and of course it was so depressing and you know, so such a heavy subject that I was quickly like bored and wanted to go to bed. So in order like to stay up, I get sleepy when I'm depressed. Well, like it was, it wasn't like entertaining. It was just no, depressing, guess, yeah. is what I'm saying. So in order to try to stay up, I kept drinking soda after soda to try to like stay awake. Well, it wasn't working at all. So I was like pacing around my room. I couldn't sit down or I'd fall asleep. So I was standing up reading this book, and I uh, glanced over at what I was drinking, and I was drinking Sprite, and didn't realize that Sprite is completely caffeine free. <laughs> yes. 
Um, but anyway. But it cured your stomachache. It did, and I got a terrible grade on that paper. But so did you ever get out of high school? Hmm? Did you ever get out of high school? No, I have a test tomorrow one night. I forgot to start <laughs> reading it. <laughs> Once again, yeah. stop reading the seven up. I'm sorry. You just moved it differently. I, I just chugged a bunch of <laughs> diet blueberry ocean spray. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Except taste uh, delicious. Well, um, this week we checked out source code for you guys. It's a good segue. And uh, let me just say, Ryan, mm-hmm. um, I thought, did I already do my twisting to source code joke on here? I know I did it with you. I don't remember if it was actually, it was during the Oscar, uh, the live Oscar blog thing. I don't think you did. Um, so, well, I, I guess I'll save it to later. Okay. I don't know what joke you're talking about. Um, I look forward oh, to it. A terribly fun joke, but okay. mostly just terrible. Uh, but anyway, now source code. Source code. It's with Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, yes. And uh, he is a, uh, I'm trying not to reveal too much, but he basically, he is a uh, an army captain who uh, wakes up in the body of a man he doesn't know. He's, he's somebody else. He's on a train. He doesn't know where he is. He uh, doesn't know what's going on at all. And uh, just when he's trying to figure out what's going on, train blows up. And he's oh, like, my. Yeah. Very shocked. And he wakes up inside this capsule. It turns out he's at this army base, and they have come up with some way to, uh, without revealing a lot of it, uh, to sort of put him in the brain of a victim of a recent terrorist attack on a train, uh, and they can put him back inside this guy's brain eight minutes before he died. And for some reason that is really never explained at all, um, he's able to see, he's able to sort of explore the world inside the brain and see things that this guy could never have actually seen, but whatever. Um, and yeah, the idea is that he's trying to figure out who the bomber was so he can come back, tell the people in present time who it was, and, and they can go and stop him from doing anything else. He's not actually traveling through time, mind you. He's just reliving memories, although he's living memories this guy never actually had. Anyway, point being, he has to keep reliving the same eight minutes on the train until he figures out who the bomber was and, I guess, stops him. Right, uh, is, yes. that a, is that an explanation? That's good. Um, it's yeah. I think that pretty much tells you what the trailer uh, says. That's good. Yeah. Um, same writer of uh, Species Three and Four, two sure. of my favorite direct-to-DVD species films. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the interesting uh, combination here is the, uh, Duncan Jones, David Bowie's son, the director of Moon. Yeah. Now this is when things get a little bit interesting because that's a weird combination already. Um, this is his first big mainstream film. Um, you could argue Moon was actually it kind of was. It was a studio movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it rolled around the indie track and got the little art credit needed. Um, and it was an enjoyable little movie, I think, too, mostly held by Sam Rockwell, I think. Well, yeah. Um, which I think we did a previous show on that you guys can go back and look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a whole other ballpark, I guess. And it's weird because I thought this might sort of be an adjustment bureau type thing um, where I'm like, okay, now the trailer's telling us this, but knowing who the director is, I'm going to expect some sort of like arty um, action film with a lot of uh, thinking about thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be the best way to say it. But we really don't get this here. Um, we kind of get a the quick setup, uh, pretty much what you see in the trailer. He, he's there for the eight minutes. Um, the explosion happens. He comes back. They pretty much fill him in on what's going on. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's a, a kind of a... I, I'd like to say, Ryan, that it's a cat and mouse game from there. About him going back and forth and trying to figure out who this person is, the mystery of the whole thing, and then him chasing that person down. Um, but as it turns out, and to my disappointment, this is my personal disappointment, I must say, um, it's not about that. It's, it's more of a not, character no. piece for him. Right. Um, and in fact, one of the biggest flaws of the movie is the scene where we first think that the suspect, um, who's um, <clears throat> when he goes back to eight minutes, 
and he figures out his prime suspect here. The, the scene where that person becomes a suspect is a scene where we find out that they are the person. Mm-hmm. Um, which So there's really no mystery here at all. It just says, okay, it's that person now. What are you going to do to stop them? Um, and I really don't think he has that much trouble doing it, actually. Um, I, I want to say he actually does it in that same one. Uh, I don't quite remember that. Yeah, he almost does it in that, in that same go. Um, uh, yes, I may, he might possibly. I'm not quite sure. But the, other, but the other thing is, we have other characters that are introduced, too. Um, our uh, main other character is uh, possible uh, love interest slash girlfriend slash girl, just sitting across from him on Michelle the Monahan. Um, train, who is given absolutely nothing at all to do in the movie besides just the girl for the hero to get, I guess. True. Um, so these, I think, are kind of the biggest flaws just right off the bat here. What, what do you got with this film? Well, um, I think that you're not completely wrong, although I didn't take as much of a negative view towards it as it sounds like you did. I, I think that I well, was... Okay, no, you go haven't, ahead. You haven't, you haven't passed judgment yet, I understand. But um, I think, uh, yes, I was expecting more of a mystery thriller, and it has some of those aspects, but... Um, it's kind of funny and similar to Moon in a way, although obviously he didn't write it. But it's uh, in in that it's sort of think you think it's going to be this sort of like genre esque sort of like edge of your seat kind of movie, and then it turns out to be much more about interest, more, more introspective and more charactery, and more about uh, the emotional side of the story. Which yeah, is, I think it has some of the same themes as Moon too, actually. Yeah, actually, you're right. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and so at first I was like, well, that's not exactly what I was hoping for because the the sort of exterior mystery stuff is is good, but it leaves something to be desired. Um, but especially towards the end of the movie, they actually gave uh, Jake Gyllenhaal enough time to develop the character, and they actually gave the time to the emotional side of the story, which you almost never see uh, in a film, especially a mainstream actiony type film. They actually let that character breathe and let you learn a little bit about him, and actually develop him enough where I actually felt like. Um, the real star of the show ends up being the emotional side of the story, the interior stuff, instead of the exterior conflict, which, um, through a, a couple different plot points, is actually revealed to not be important at all in a weird way. Um, yes. So they actually, the, the plot itself almost comes out and says, hey, the exterior action is not important, we're actually talking about the interior stuff here, and that's really sort of what we're trying to say, which I thought was really interesting, and I ended up um, liking the movie because of it. But what did you think? I think of it kind of like, like this is a big fancy car, okay, Ryan? Okay. Um, but it's not so much about the big fancy car, so much as about the person, the single person driving that car. Okay. Um, and that's really how it turns out to be, because it's not about this huge action vehicle for Jake Gyllenhaal so much as it's about Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that they actually get to his character at the end and explore that emotional side of his character, mm-hmm. um, but it, I wanted more of a build-up to that, because it just really seems at the very end, he's like, give me that last eight minutes, I got it all worked out this time, and then suddenly he has the whole thing streamlined. Um, but add to that the really uh, disappointing uh, fact that I think the, it has too many endings. There's too many things going on here at the end, and it ends up pretty much just saying, like, well, you know, none of that other stuff is really that important, and here's why. And it's kind of tacked on. I could have easily seen them cutting all that in editing um, and have a better, uh, I think, almost more twistier ending, which is kind of what I wanted from this. Um, but it's really, the biggest disappointment thing about this is it's actually not the movie I wanted. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird. Um, but sending me to the theater for this one thing and then not giving it to me is, is going to kind of kill the experience. And it did. However, I don't think this is a bad movie. I know that sounds really strange. Uh, but it had, this movie has a lot of things going for it. It has some great effects, too, at one point. The, the really cool scene where he actually jumps from a, uh, from a moving train. Yeah, that was hard to watch. And a nice like, roll ride to Jake Gyllenhaal, yes. Um, excellent. It's done really well. Um, 
But I, I don't know. The uh, it's it's a weird because it's a movie I'd recommend to people, but it's not a movie that I personally would want to sit through again. Um, and after seeing it one time, I have no reason to ever see it again. Uh, um, this it, it opened pretty big. It didn't beat Hop, which is the current Russell Brand movie in theaters this week. Um, but uh, I, I read that bad word of mouth is pretty much killing source code. And I think it's true. Really, um, I saw. Uh, I assume it was pretty packed Friday night and Saturday. But I saw a late Sunday showing of it, and there was no one in the theater. Is it getting bad word? Bad word? Bad word of, bad word of mouth? Because uh, it's got like an eighty something on Rotten Tomatoes. No, I, I think. Well, I mean, you get to remember that's critics, though. Yeah. Um, I think what's happening is it's people kind of like me. They're going into this movie and they're they're it's they're coming out. and They're like, well, you know, it had like a few things going for it, but it didn't concentrate more on the part of the story that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a, a film that's too distracted in several ways, and at the end knows too much about it, what, what it wants and didn't hint at that beforehand. Uh, it also has a bunch of disposable characters who really aren't giving much to do throughout the script. Um, and at the end, once again, we're supposed to kind of suddenly care about these people. Um, and I don't know. It's it doesn't have a lot going for it, not as much as you'd uh, uh, hope, or as the film kind of wants you to think. Uh, but it works as a character piece for this for Jill Hall's character. Um, I think in the end, it's mostly forgettable though. Uh, but it walks this weird line. Is a I actually found myself kind of recommending someone today. I'm like, well, if it's this or Limitless, I'd tell you to go see Limitless. Limitless, actually. Well, yeah, I agree. Um, but uh, I, I think Source Code could, could go either way for you. That's exactly what I told them. Well, um, I, 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 don't know, I think it's, it could hit home some people. I did recommend it to some people after seeing it. I liked it. I think that you're right about the pacing. Uh, it could have there's there's a lot that could actually have been nicely laid out evenly throughout the film that was uh, tacked onto the end. You're right. Um, I found it odd that when I uh, I looked at this before the show, it was only like 98 minutes or something like that. It, it seemed was, it was very long. short. Yeah, yeah, it was very short. And you're right that it takes a while to end. You know, it feels like you come to a natural end and then it kind of keeps going. Um, I think that's okay. That didn't bother me, uh, but I noticed it. And you don't want to notice how long a movie is, even though this would, you know, we don't, you don't want to know how, uh, you don't want to notice how long a movie feels. Uh, but, um, but I still ultimately liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I actually uh, was between a six and a seven, but I went with a seven because I, I wanted to give it the benefit of the doubt. Ultimately, I enjoyed it, and uh, and I felt like I had a more positive than negative feeling about it, so I, I bumped it to seven. Right, some of our fans know us too well, because um, I told someone that I gave this movie a five, and they said, I bet you money Ryan gave this movie a seven. Mm-hmm. They have that streamlined now, actually. It's uh, funny, because so. I normally rate one star higher than you, unless you rate a five. Because I, recently, your fives have become harder to predict for me. Well, I, I think five is my just general safe sitting on the fence rating because it just it walks the line, you know. It's uh, like it's a movie that's not like super bad, but and there's nothing about it that makes it you know gives it that four that pushes it just below. Yeah, um, it's just mediocre at best. Um, I think Duncan Jones is still a filmmaker to watch. Um, I, I'll be really curious to see what he does with his career from here. And this is also the Jake John Hall I want to see more of. Agreed. Um, he he works really well in these character pieces, and um, he like I don't know he got some bad reviews for uh, that Anne Hathaway film he did last, um, and the one before then people said was pretty much completely disposable. I forgot what it was though, um, but basically his last two was not the Joan Hall that I think. It's not the Joan Hall I, you're looking for. Yeah, not the Joan Hall I was looking for. But you know I I read that he actually uh, uh, grabbed this script right away as soon as he was interested in, it, and then he turned it over to Duncan Jones. That's how. Um, this arty filmmaker ended up with a script from the writer of Species 3 and 4. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a good script, actually. I think, uh, I think I'd really kind of get into it, too. It's true. It's definitely, if you're looking for something that's going to make sense it's from a different. scientific perspective, 
just don't bother with that. Like, it's, no, no, no. It's, it's high concept the, sci-fi. It does their explanation about that's kind of laughable, actually. They really don't even explain it. I mean, they're like, no, it's it really is a throwaway line where he's like, listen, it involves math, and I know math is beyond most people. Yeah, but then it's like then uh, Hall's like, we'll try me. He's like, okay, here's an you know, I will try you, and here's an explanation <laughs> that makes no sense. Um, anyway, you have to ignore that. It's a, a suspension of disbelief. I think that you'll be willing to 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 deal with. Right, right. I think this is kind of like a Groundhog Day type thing where you don't look for the reason it works so much as you just know it's working. Yes. Um, and I, I kind of threw that aside. And so, the, you know, the one that my biggest problem here was the whole eight-minute thing, uh, him experiencing stuff the guy had never possibly experienced. Mm. Um, so how that even works. Um, but that was, like, the only plot hole that kind of bothered me, if so. But even then, after a while, like I said, you kind of get into the groove of things. Right. Um, it's not that big of a deal. There's more interesting stuff going on, too, outside of the eight minutes. Um, that you and I did not mention to not give anything away, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of keeps bringing you back to the other side of the movie, too. And it all sort of ties into the more philosophical, emotional stuff that is interesting to watch Hall perform. Uh, and I and I think that's a big part of why I bumped it up to the 7, because I thought he did a really good job. So I agree. Um, I, haven't, I don't think we've seen any flat-out terrible movies this year. No, my soul it takes so far. Mm, no, nothing well, that bad. The, the lookout, yeah. No. Um, but that's uh, source code for you. Indeed. Well, um, I can I tack on some recommendations of something I've seen recently? Yeah, tack them on. Are these retro picks? They are. Well, they're fairly recent, like I think last year. Recent picks. Recent picks. Um, <laughs> this weekend I finally uh, broke down and watched some of uh, DC Comics. They're, they're doing this DC Direct like uh, animation stuff recently, like the direct-to-video uh, uh uh, animated movies based on superheroes, but it's not in the style of any of their cartoons, and it's not aimed at kids. It's actually more uh, based off the comics than anything else. Okay. And I watched two of them. I watched uh, Batman Under the Red Hood. Oh um, yes, I've heard of that. Yeah. Which good stuff about it. yeah, which was really good, and it was an adaptation of. Uh, I think it was mostly based on the Hush storyline. It's about uh, the second Robin who died. It's about him possibly coming back to life. Um, uh, and and they were pretty good about actually ad- adapting the comic well in, in terms of how Jason Todd died, in which he was actually beaten uh, to death with a crowbar by the Joker, uh, and they actually did show that. They didn't show a lot of blood, and they didn't really they weren't graphic about it, but I was really impressed with how they were including that sort of fairly adult stuff. Right. Um, Any uh, voices here we'd recognize? Yeah, uh, they didn't go with a standard Batman cast. Uh, I forget who did Batman himself. I don't think it was anyone I knew in that in that case. But um, John DiMaggio from Futurama did uh, the Joker. Mm-hmm. And oh, there was somebody else. Is Mark Hamill still involved with the Joker in any way? He is doing the Joker in the, in the most recent uh, video. He did the Arkham Asylum Joker. Uh, which was a very popular uh, video game recently, and he's going to yes. do Arkham City, the sequel. And he said that Arkham City is the last time he'll do the Joker. He's retiring it. Oh, I hope there's some big thing. Well, they said that about Arkham Asylum too. So who knows? Okay. <laughs> so it's just one of those yeah. things. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so and there, I think there was another couple of people, that, but they, nobody. Oh, I remember that's right. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris did Nightwing. Uh, he was pretty good. Um, then there was the just. I think it was, it's called Justice League: Crisis on Two Earths. Uh, which was also based off a, a recent comic, and it was um, uh, about the Justice League in a parallel dimension where they're the bad guys and Lex Luthor's a good guy, and there is a character called Night Owl who is sort of like the Batman um, equivalent from that world uh, who wants to basically destroy 
every universe, not just there too. And he's voiced by James Woods, and he's really good. Oh, um, James Woods. Yeah, he, he, I always thought he's really good at voice work. Yeah, he is. Oh, it's good to hear. And oddly, William Baldwin is in it, and Mark Harmon plays Superman. But like, they all do oh, really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, eh, that's, I would not think of casting Mark Harmon as Superman, but like when I try to ignore what he looks like, just hear the voice, I think it works. Exactly, it did work perfectly. If you just hear it, cool. it works perfectly. Anyway, both good DC animated uh, films, so I recommend them. There's some recent picks from Ryan. I can't think of anything of interest I've seen recently. Um, some quick trailer talk, though. Okay. Uh, before Source Code, I saw the trailer to The Beaver. Um, oh, me and too. This trailer has been around online for a while. And if we actually ran a critical in a while back, mm-hmm. um, but seeing it in the theater is a whole different experience. And I wish for once, like I'd be, I would was in a packed theater because I'd really like to see how the audience responded to that. But uh, seeing it in the theater, you actually realized that Mel Gibson, like a Mel Gibson movie, could possibly be in theaters again. Yeah, that was it's weird. Supposed to in like two or three weeks, actually. Well, having it's been store, which will be interesting. Having been in a packed theater, uh, I mm-hmm. can tell you, mostly confused chuckles was the reaction. Yeah. That's what I, I feel like. Um, and this is what pretty much everyone said. I think we said this when we ran on Critical End. But it's it, it's a little too close to home. Mm-hmm. Um, that could actually be to a, to his benefit, if anything. Because um, it, it seems like it's definitely going to be a redeeming film uh, for his character in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, But, you know, the way people's minds work, I, I get the feeling a lot of people think this is post all of his breakdown stuff. So this yeah. is coming, him coming in there trying to fix everything. Um, but I read that it just premiered at South by Southwest. Yeah. So, uh, is that right? I think that's what I'm thinking about. Um and Jodie Foster actually got up beforehand, and she went out of her way to praise him and say uh, that whatever you think about him is wrong, uh, which is really interesting. Because it seems like if she would have, if I was her getting up to introduce that movie, I'd try to avoid anything about Mel Gibson whatsoever. I mean, no offense, you but stand behind him here. There are there there's there's, there's taped evidence. There's t- I mean, like it's not like I'm making this story up. It's like no, I've heard him, I've heard him make a lot this of terrible is... terrible comments. So how could I be wrong? Right, I mean, we, we've talked about this before, but he wasn't making those comments about you, Ryan. I mean, this is like a personal thing. Okay, so there's and, that aspect of it, yes. Yeah, I mean, this is stuff that could happen with any star any day, and we just don't have them on tape pretty much doing that. Um, and people, for what's worth, people seem to be uh, forgiving Charlie Sheen for a lot more uh, so far. But I think Charlie what you said Sheen is, like, is just nuts. Like, yeah, you he didn't, be, actually, he well, didn't use uh, any racial epithets. Or... Let's, let's be honest, Mel Gibson's nuts, too. But uh, yeah, I think what you said once is absolutely true. You can be anything but a racist. Like, that's yeah. the cutoff point. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, which is insane, because sitting here reading stacks upon stacks of magazines from, uh, like, 1973, I can tell you everyone was racist back then. It was funny. <laughs> uh, uh, Logan, you get all your news from National Lampoon, and it's not healthy. <laughs> Man, Nixon might get kicked out of office. Did you hear okay, about this, right? Yeah. I'd like to see how this turns out. Um, <laughs> what did I watch this week? I, I feel like I, I did. I finally caught up on movies this weekend. I had a weekend off. Um, but nothing's jumping to mind. I'm sorry. Uh, so nothing of interest. Oh, Wild Target um, with uh, everyone's favorite uh, Harry Potter star, uh, Rupert, whatever his name is. Rupert Grint? Um, yes, uh, Emily Blunt and Bill Niley, the always funny uh, Martin Freeman, I want to say his name, the great guy from mm-hmm. Hitchhikers. I uh, love actually a few other films. Um, so Nike. great British cast, right? Nike. And it, it was a uh, – Nike, that's right. I'm sorry. Um, actually, most of this cast is from Love Actually, now I think about it. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a, it's a somewhat funny kind of British gangster farce, um, but nothing too entertaining. Is Rupert Grint good? Yes, he's actually really good as a uh, pot-smoking slacker. Oh, cool. Uh, who may be an assassin in training, we don't know. Uh, but he has some funny bits and all that. It's, there are a few highlights, but it's not. I wouldn't go out of my way to recommend it in the end. Um, 
that was pretty much my recent pick. Perhaps I don't know. I wasn't prepared for this segment. Rupert Grint's the one who's going to be overlooked. He's the one who's going to. I still agree with that. And he's he's good. I think. As far as comedy goes, he's definitely going to be overlooked. I feel like his career is not going to fare as well as Dan Radcliffe's, and uh, it's he's the goofy looking one. That's why. Yeah. You have your hot guy and your hot woman. Who are you stuck with? Him. I mean. Sexy. They totally made out all nude in the most recent Harry Potter films. Like, oh. Oh man. <laughs> Oh my. <laughs> the exact reaction the guy behind me yeah, had, will, which is a bit disturbing. Mm. Which is not in the books, by the way. Oh, no, no, we discussed this, yeah. remember? Uh, even like even I, who have not read the books, knew that was not in the books. <laughs> it's yeah. so like, okay, where's this coming from? Uh, but it worked. I think we said that, too. It did uh, work. Uh, for motivation there. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, criticalin.com, where you can see stuff like the Beaver trailer that we mentioned. Hells yeah. Uh, you should also check us out on Twitter. We're at criticalend. And on Facebook, we are Critical End with the exclamation point. Facebook, we used to kind of hit the highlights posted to the blog. But now, I think what we realized is that every day is a highlight. Every day uh, is an adventure. So stopped hitting that, doing that so much. Although, I, haven't, I, I guess we should get back to that. We haven't done it in a while. Um, although, I, I noticed we were losing some fans as of recent. I, so any, uh, I think what's happening is they're leaving Facebook. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> No, no, this is true, because these people just don't exist anymore on Facebook. They just hid themselves from you, Logan, so you'd stop bothering them about becoming our fans. Uh, also, it's me. I quit. Yeah, yeah I quit. Uh, but anyway. Oh, well, off to face another week, Ryan. All right. Uh, oh, also, we're on iTunes. Going this week. Hmm? Ask me what's going on this week. What's going on this week? Well, Ryan, there's a killer loose. What? Why, is, <laughs> why is this your responsibility? What a terrible plan. Who put you they in put charge? They put me in charge once again. Why? Literally, who? I have an eye. Are you sure they did? Or are you sure it was them who did? No, not at all. No, not really I, sure, are you? This is the, the ghost face killer, Ryan. That oh. you may remember from 1995, maybe 97. Remember this. Uh, film Scream. Huh? Followed by mostly forgettable sequels, uh, Scream 2. And I can't remember the name of the last one. Uh, uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Part 1. Yes. Okay. Um, anyway, we will be uh, hitting the highlights of the Scream franchise next week in preparation for Scream 4. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. And, and Scream Speak will tell you to, to do your homework and study up and come prepared. It's true. Also, we're going to be uh, having a rather unique recording schedule uh, due to you being out of town, so we probably are going to so get that. Right. So this is coming out Wednesday, which means that the next podcast will probably come out... Uh, wait. Are we missing a week? What are we doing? The next podcast. Hold on. Wait. Hold on. Look at. Oh, why did? <laughs> why did I start talking? Why did I ever join this stupid <laughs> podcast? Well, my browser froze up for some reason. <laughs> listen, kids. Hey, listen up, okay? Logan here. Today uh, is when you're listening. To this is April six, okay? Yeah. Are you with me? I like it so far. <laughs> Uh, April, this is you to me. You're the only one listening. On April 13th, which is uh, next Wednesday, when you normally hear our, our new uh, podcast rolled out, you just can get some uh, posts from Ryan. Right, Probably that's what I'm saying. Thing about how he loves DC Comics. Right, okay? yeah. Um, then, um, get ready, because on April 18th, which is a Monday, you're going to get the Scream 1 through 3 podcast. This right. Is the big it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh. And make sure you listen right away because on Wednesday the 20th, two days later, we'll be talking about Scream 4. Exactly. Your listening enjoyment. Um, now, Ryan, the real reason I have to leave town is because the killer's after me. No, I mean, I don't think that's actually true, Logan. I mean, it's true. And they hired proof? me to solve the mystery. They said, they gotta, I got to leave town to solve it first. If they hired you to solve the mystery, why are you leaving town? Shouldn't you be they solving They said all the clues are outside of town. 
<laughs> Why did they do that? Why did they put all the clues there? They didn't put the. Are you saying? Are you saying they did it, Ryan? No, I would never say that. I don't like to cast aspersions. Ryan, why are you? But I look behind you.